0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week in Talking Saints. I am just open. I just want you to think about what that acronym is. I am Jeff Openshaw, your host and founder of this week in Talking Saints. Are you there yet, Josie? I'm Look, it says twits. It's yes, twits. I That's know. the joke. Uh, yes. You're supposed to laugh more.
1: No, look, my husband has a lot of dad jokes. And so there just is kind of like a point where I'm like, do I validate this? Yes. Or do I let yes. it go? Encourage Jeremy is wise, behavior.
0: wise, wise man. You listen to him. He might not be very tall, but he's very smart. <laughs> very smart fellow. Uh, very smart fellow. Bless him. We're Much love film. to him. Yeah. Well, the official name of this show is still "This Weekend Mormons." Yeah, we've been Come talking about us. that every ever since <laughs> ever since conference. We've been talking about this, and we might be today a little bit as well. Anyway, I'm Jeff Openshaw, your founder and co-host this week, along with back from I was it back from the brink. Yes, back <laughs> from the brink. Josie Gleave is here. What's going on? Look, that's a pretty
1: apt like description because I feel like I've only just survived this year, and I'm about to go through the hardest part of it. So, but I'm here, and I'm glad to be here, and uh, just counting down the days until I give birth. Any any words of advice for me, Jeff?
0: Yeah, I know a lot about the way the, the female body endures and experiences things, and I'm definitely in a place to help give advice. I don't know. We you didn't, know, uh, but you would, we, have,
1: you would have been a good husband who supported your wife and I also- would been,
0: yes. li- <laughs> listened, I would have been, yes. I would Listened but, to her
1: complain about it. So what are these complaints?
0: Well, I mean, okay, well- Complaints of of birth. well, besides the fact that or, I mean, yeah. pregnancy can stink for many. I know that it's not always fun. Some women get a big kick out of pregnancy, and some have a really hard time, and that's unique to the individual. So you just, I think, as a husband, you just be supportive and understand that. Understand for one, you can't understand. I cannot empathize with what happens to women and both physically and hormones. And then you got postpartum stuff. I can't do, I don't know what any of that's like. So all I can do is sit there and just be supportive and do everything you can like you should to ease someone's burden. And just as we like covenant as Latter-day Saints to ease one another's burdens in a broader context, I think uh, as men, that's it's really a time to step up and embrace that ethos when your wife is expecting or in the immediate, in the wake of the birth and all that. So, look, I think you can give yeah. yourself
1: a little bit of a break. I think that that still counts as empathizing. You don't have to know exactly what this experience actually feels sure. like. I think you have a pretty good imagination where you can, you know, maybe get like a teaspoon of, oh, I kind of think. Like this looks pretty miserable for you. I I can I can be yeah. there for you.
0: <laughs> you can tell, and, and sometimes it's even scary. Like you see what mm. your wife goes through and like recovery. Sometimes my wife had C sections mostly, so mm. recovery is a different mm. a different beast. But you you keep an eye on them, and you know it's really hard because you in that case you spend weeks not really being able to move around a ton because you're yeah. recovering from that, and you have, and you're dealing with a newborn at the same time. So that's it's a lot. My hat goes off to women. I don't know how they do it. I can barely handle like the couple of hours of dinner to bedtime with my children, let alone all that other stuff. So women, I salute you always and forever. You're doing the good work. I am just I am just here. But, Jeez, you know, I have Jeff. the priesthood, so I'll be humble. That's what I've heard once in Elder <laughs> and I don't agree with that at all. But uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a different topic. We don't need to get into all of that that exciting stuff because there's no news relevant to that this week. Um, but, yeah, we're uh, we're excited for you to start this new chapter in your life, Josie. We might not hear from yeah. you for a little bit, understandably so, if that's the case.
1: I mean, we kind of already haven't heard much from me this year because it's been a rough pregnancy, but that's and a And you've thing. had
0: some... And you've had other pursuits and things happening. I mean, you've yeah, been busy. yeah, huh?
1: some other, some other work and sort of university stuff. So, um, gosh, it does feel like I've survived a year. <laughs> Oof. Um, but yeah, so we'll see what how how baby in the new year goes, and hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, I survive that one too. Okay, I do feel I like hope. I'm like keenly aware that these are my last days of being childless. And I'm a bit like, what should I do with myself? Do I like, I don't know, get up and leave the house within five minutes just because I can? Like, I'm very <laughs> concerned about like running out of time and not having yeah. used it properly. And then, you know, later on being like, why is it so hard to get out of the house? Why can't I move around as easily because of this child? Like just having that, I, I'm i aware that the responsibility on me is going to change forever. And, um,
0: I maybe, yeah, focus on that. You've, a you've had a much. good run though. You've had a good run though. <laughs> sure. I, I mean, you got married pretty young. You've had a good while to enjoy yeah. yourself. So it's time for you to suffer like oh, look, that. Oh, look, Jeff,
1: is, you know what? We're okay. Why don't you just move on with the news and I'm not going to okay. respond all to that comment either.
0: In all, in all seriousness, it's wonderful and yeah. a great time. And it's going to be hard and exhausting, but at the same time, it's just, uh, it's a little miracle. And it's yeah. just a wonder. I, I, I get all sappy. and I, I mean, we hopped on tonight. And you see, asked me how I was. I was like, it's been a night of terror with my children. <laughs> and those things happen, but you still love them like crazy because yeah. they're, you know, they're, they're yours. That's all there is to it. They're yours. Yeah.
1: Nah, little baby girl. She's going to be hopefully cute. Look, you can tell me if she's not cute. I think that I'm going to be able to hopefully... Tell some of the difference. I, I can accept that I will think that she's adorable, no matter what. But like, if she has a cone head or something like that, or a ginormous nose, I, I do mm. feel like, you know, I, you you could tell it to my face. Are these call. the things
0: you worry about? Ginormous noses? Is that a, is that something well, that you're? actually no we, we, as you mentioned my itself.
1: husband's height i was initially worried about that but good news is her femur is measuring longer than normal so i'm like yes she's gonna get my side of the jeans <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully well, so, there we go you know some perks
0: all right let's get into some uh some Latter-day Saint news here, folks, and I'm going to start off this week with some really important news that all of you have been dying to hear about. It appears the the fine people uh, behind Endless Misery and Woe that made productions such as The Mormon Bachelorette, which longtime listeners know we've gone to great lengths to lampoon and criticize, and I appeared on... By the way, if you didn't know this, folks, on the original run of The Mormon Bachelorette in 2010, I was a contestant. Uh, this show was in its infancy then, but if you're interested in seeing that, I can... I can post things. I can share things with you. We even interviewed them. It's like our twentieth show or something like that. Anyway, later on it, they did it that for a bit. It went quiet. Then they kind of brought back the 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 Latin Mormon matchmaker again, or maybe they call it the latter day bachelorette. I don't know how it lined up with our anti, you know, Mormonism of, of things. Either way, I think the last time they did it was when they had a bunch of different dates. There wasn't like a single bachelorette or bachelor, it was a bunch of bachelorettes. They're they're doing it again and uh they just you get you get to apply and join the, the fun of becoming being matched up uh, i mean if this picture at the beach is any indication you can be a girl who's wearing garment inappropriate shorts and have a man kneel down and offer you a ring i feel like that's very on brand this seems seems delightful also they're it's fair they are capitalizing the d in latter day which is fine Although, I mean, that's not exactly cohesive with the official church here, but the latter day saint movement often has a capital D. So we'll let it slide. Maybe they're out there representing the Bickertonites or somebody else as well. Bully for them. And above all else, I love the application form, I love the things, the questions they ask.
1: The application form is great, but real quick, you did just garment shame her shorts. And I'm more I offended sure really about this like weird crochet poncho thing she's wearing as a top. That's more concerning it's, to me. It's
0: only mostly for me because I feel like an, an organization like The Self is trying to represent themselves in a certain way. And obviously, you know, one's at the beach too. So all bets are off. I don't know. I'm only saying it feels dude, like it's off. He's kneeling for what down. To
1: do. His. Like his left pant leg is bunched up a little bit. I'm not seeing any little strip of white underneath there either. So. Oh,
0: you could wear you could wear the short the short cut ones be okay. I'm not. Um, I, I don't actually care what these people are wearing. I just think it's an interesting stock photo for them to decide to use. It is for, for their purposes. That's all. But
1: but the, as you said, the application as well is. Um, <laughs> mildly offensive in some areas like they've listed you have to click your own body type and this is for women this is the women's application so you can select yourself as either being athletic average petite curvy fit slender a few extra pounds or large and uh, where did these body types come from i wonder also, what is the difference? What is maybe you're just supposed to self-select because the, the what, is what, what is average? What is average? Yeah. What, what is, what is fit average versus athletic?
0: I bl- okay. What well, you want to know? Are we
1: talking fit? British fit, which no, no, no. is quite different?
0: Ah. <laughs> no, I, in my mind, fit fit means in sh- in normal good shape, but not muscular per se. Athletic means like softball players. If I if I can be so crass. That's what athletic implies in my maybe. mind. But, I, but okay. I agree. With you. I think it's I think it's a blurry line though. I think maybe athletic implies you're heavy, you have a heavy sport player build whereas fit could be someone who just like, you know, goes to the gym, does hot yoga. Toned up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Uh, the, slender
0: sl- slender uh, could sl- imply you are thin but with no definition.
1: Yeah, like what right? naturally skinny uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a whole host of that where I'm like, oh, that's just, that's going to spiral down into body image issues. Let's move on from that one.
0: I like the one that says, what are your hobbies or interests? with no question mark. People really took the time to copy out this crap. Um <laughs> Nice job there. How would you describe your activity level in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? That one's fine. Very active, reasonably active. Very, very active, reasonably active, semi-active, or not active. <laughs> that is our that is our spectrum, people. That is our spectrum of activity. Did you, you are either- serve
1: a mission? Unknown. Why is that an option? I'm pretty sure if- that's a yes or a no question. <laughs>
0: I just, <laughs> I just don't understand i'm not sure i mean i woke up one day and i was in iowa <laughs> i don't know what i did there so i got here what mission did you serve in like that's yeah that's fine and then of course the one i love at the end have you been convicted for crime Not convicted of a crime. Like when you were convicted in court, did they say, we find you guilty of crime. You have been convicted for crime, everyone. (laughs)
1: But also that drop down, that one's clearly a yes or no question. And they've managed that. I don't understand. Oh,
0: yeah. I want to fill this out just to see what happens.
1: And you need... Let's see, details of your criminal convictions and any other comments or considerations you'd like to add, which I assume is where you put your, um, uh, I don't know, do you have like a one-liner or something? Are you supposed to pitch yourself at the end of why you'd be a great candidate? Now, remember, the... this is
0: this is the TV Oof. show they do because this is a full-blown dating service. This is a thing. This is just one part of what they do. If you click on their website on how it works, for example, you see their actual... These are professional matchmakers, no different than when you get on the plane and you find those... It's just lunch ads ah. when, they used, when they used to have in-flight magazines, right? You can spend, literally, look at this investment n- amount, $6,000 monthly. No. Monthly. What? This says VIP matchmaking for men. There's a little sexism there as well. They assume men are the ones who have the money who can throw around $72,000 a year to be part of their VIP matchmaking service, which means you get the you get the full surfeit of, of options here. Personalized screening and date setups, which is a bit troubling for me. So if you spend the lower tier of $3,250 a month, $3,250 per month, uh, you don't get personalized screening and dates. You only get you, you get a you get a year of access to the lasting love academy, coaching sessions, professional photography, personal styling and image review and makeover, feedback dates well, is a feedback date like when you when you do like an informational interview for a job? I don't know. I the wonder if l- you go
1: on a l- date and then you need to like debrief afterwards.
0: That's my assumption. Yeah, but you don't get any of the uh, the higher end stuff where they actually like personally screen people for you. Oh, now man. you can be a free member, but you only get access to their exclusive black book, priority invitations to events. And the ready assessment at the relate institute.com, which I need to see what kind of snake water, the relate oil rather, snake water works for me too. The relate institute uh, doesn't appear at this point to have a webpage that will open. Uh, We're still working on the servers here. It's taking its sweet time. I don't know what they do at the relate institute, but um,
1: well... Hold on. Why is the women's styling package nine hundred dollars more than the men's styling package?
0: Because it's because you know reasons, right? Because
1: we get a makeup lesson.
0: Because the men have the the money. That's different. The men have the money for the VIP treatment,
1: and men get an eyeglasses consultation. What? The state of our eyes don't matter. Hmm. I want to know what all their
0: like. What all their? Um, I mean, if you look at their about the team, what people do, like <laughs> they say they've got the lasting love academy. It was created. It was created by Al- Alisa Snell, the nation's leading expert in helping thousands of singles find lasting love. You know, what? I, I, I just don't want to know what that. She what's can... what are her credentials? Ooh. What makes her? The nation's leading expert. If, if she was that big, she'd probably at least be on Dr. Oz or Stats, something along that's
1: the That's all. How many people has she successfully set up and they've gotten married? We
0: only need least... the numbers. Okay. Now, her LinkedIn profile says nation's number yeah. one dating and relationship strategist at Lasting Love Academy. But you she know, has 200- 200...
1: I feel like it's one of those things when you walk by a hamburger shop and they're like best burger in the nation. And I'm like, cool. Who gave you that title?
0: Well, I'm- First of all, I'm thoroughly enjoying her LinkedIn page because <laughs> I, I love I love this this CV she's got here. Starting from 2003 to 2005, she was the president of Utah's Dating Coach. Then from 1996 until the present, she's been the owner of Lasting Love Academy. And then she's also worked at the Lasting Love Academy in three different positions, which are from 2005 to present, a dating and relationship stra- strategist, a strategist, mm. and then the president from 2005 to now, and then also the nation's number one dating and relationship strategist for Lasting Love Academy. Those have all but three concurrent jobs. She's triple headed I don't know how you couldn't trust this person. This is excellent.
1: This is you know. I think this will be really. I, I actually didn't realize that it was like a matchmaking service. Oh that yes, has this is like all teamed about, up with you know a production crew to make yeah. a TV show. So you know, well, you
0: see old uh, Aaron shirts there, who was one of the original. Um mormon bachelorette people that they're they're all part of this thing it's oh you're just name dropping now i can't say i really i was looking it to, the... i'm just looking at the web i'm just looking at the okay. website it's all I'm doing. it's right. all i'm doing i'm not doing anything well anyway good good for them so folks if you want you know we'll link to this on this weekend ladder Mormons.com and uh with the show notes you can go click that out if you are single and I please would, just actually, go with average actually,
1: body type. I'd like to see how that works out for you.
0: I would actually love to see if all of our listeners, especially the single ones, could bombard it. And I would love to see if if you get into any kind of a process. Yeah. I, would love I know that I'm sure NDAs will get involved at some point. I understand that. But in as much as you can be above board, I would love to hear more about that. That'd be fascinating.
1: But you're asking someone to go undercover for
0: us? That's essentially it, yes.
1: I like this idea. Go for Thank it. Thank you, Okay, so on to uh, not uh, or moving on from trashing the Bachelorette, etc. Another reality TV. Um, the this story I actually find quite um, interesting and intriguing and very weird, which is that the BYU <laughs> Cougarettes Instagram is being held for ransom, and it has been since September 30th. Which I feel like this is a decent amount of time that the Instagram account has actually not been returned to well I guess to BYU. So it has a new handle that I don't know what that's really <sighs> supposed to say. But you know it's Fara oh,
0: Ben Far away.
1: 79K. He's not asking for 79k. He's asking for a thousand dollars for the account to be returned. And I'm So from what I can gather, um, other users and BYU have like reported to Instagram that this is, hey, this is what's going on. But it doesn't seem to have actually changed anything yet, which I'm one thinking is a pretty slow response time.
0: Um, now let's look at let's look at a few things here. So it does yeah. say the Instagram account is held to be sold back to its owner. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a hyperlink there that goes to WhatsApp. It's plus nine. I think it's. I'm assuming it's plus ninety. Um, and that's yeah, the, the phone number. No- that's the country code for Turkey.
1: Oh, is it? Yeah. It's such a random scam. Like, how did you? I I'm fascinated with the whole idea of like how how are these scammers picking someone. Or a particular well, account. Choose, how do they like, choose their targets? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, what made you go BYU Cougarettes of all things, or of all? Like, I would have thought normally you'd go for individuals. But an entire I, uh, school? Oh, it's very strange. It's
0: it's a, it's a random one to go after. And clearly, ah. clearly, they don't care enough to pay the ransom or to do much of anything. To, I mean, it's still going on after a few weeks. Yeah. Which is longer than you, also, I mean, bad choice on whoever wanted to extort them because they haven't, they, paid. Haven't, <laughs> they haven't been paid. <laughs> now they're just stuck managing this random account.
1: Yeah, I would I'll, love to know what the Cougarettes actually think is going on. Like, I probably would maybe be a little bit creeped out because like they're you know there es- someone is essentially holding images now of like of these young women as well and that's probably not got that probably doesn't feel um good or maybe feels a little bit creepy even though like yes you're on instagram yes you're being um, like marketed as a part of the BYU Cougarettes team and things like that. And none of it is, they're not like inappropriate photos by any means, yeah. but it's still just, it has have a weird kind of creepy, icky feeling of like, Oh, this guy now currently well, or this person, whoever they are far away, Ben, whatever. Um, yeah. has control of their account. It does 79K. give you, yeah. Uh,
0: more importantly, I think a bigger discussion we should be having um I think cougarettes is way too close of a word to courgette, the British word for a zucchini. And it kind of frustrates me. Every time I read it, I'm like... That's what's keeping
1: you up at night, the BYU courgettes. And it
0: gets worse every fall when the Great British Baking Show is on because then it's just elevating the amount of British vocabulary that enters my (laughs) lexicon. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, that's... Good times, good times, good times. All right, uh, real quick mention, um, you can get your all new chart, hot off the press of general authorities and general officers of the church. It's finally released after conference. Um, There weren't a lot of like new 70s called a couple of releases. So no, no big changes in the ranks, but you can download this PDF and you can have it just like it's been of old. I mean, they haven't changed the format a ton over the years as far as how this looks. However, I don't know, and I don't know if this is the first time, so I'm not going to say it is. So listeners don't jump on me, but feel free to correct the record or offer insights. I think it's worth noting and nice to see that the Relief Society is elevated nice and highly next to the General Authority 70s as the top of the general officers. So there on the right sidebar, you got Relief Society, Sunday School, young women, young men, and then primary. It's nice to see some, some visibility for the female organizations. There's only nine of them you know, amongst this sea of testosterone. And uh, just <laughs> glad to see that. And that might have been the case even six months ago or even before that. And I just wasn't tracking it. So if so, I apologize. I, I don't mean to to be ignorant about that. But um, I think that's great to see. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Now, the other thing we were noticing, though, Josie. Yes. Before we were talking, you were wondering how new or not the photos are, particularly of... Uh, the brethren the the top 15
1: there's no question that they're not all brand new photos that that seems pretty evident there is um there is some shall we say just like tighter skin and smiles than maybe you see (laughs) (laughs) it
0: so you think work is you, you you are alleging that work has been done no, I'm just ask, saying, that maybe
1: some of these photos are a little bit older. And hey, I have no problem with that. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, except that the lighting is uh, not consistent. That would be my only complaint. Like, guys, all we gotta maybe do is use the same filter if we're going with a filter. Um,
0: I'll agree with that. The style is consistent. If you look at the 12, the style of the photos from the backgrounds, the lighting, the tone. They're uh, all over the place. It it does demonstrate a real lack of professionalism. Yeah, they're a
1: little like Um, 90s um, school picture day kind of backgrounds. They're sort of that color.
0: If you want to talk picture day, you should see the ones that came back from my middle child from (laughs) preschool this week.
1: Please send them.
0: (laughs) I'll let you see them. It's... uh, it's something special. I don't know what happened. YouTubers listening on YouTube. My, my middle son has like a very natural smile. Very good. Very happy smiley face. But his photos are like this. Oh, no. <laughs> Just looks like terrified. And it's, it's, we practiced with him, too. Anyway, that happened. You
1: practiced with him? Well, maybe that's we, part of the problem. He got a little camera shy. He's well, like, no, oh, said, what? Said, i was supposed what you... to smile naturally. This is my natural look. Deer in the headlights.
0: The best thing is the weird things, they, the, the props they use, he's sitting next to like a bushel of fake apples <laughs> and has some dumb sign <laughs> that says something about a bushel in the hand or something like that. And there's a picture with him just kind of holding one of the apples and he's like-
1: Do he we still really, do props? I thought we'd moved on very from confused.
0: that. My favorite takeaway when he came home, he said, he showed, I was looking at the pictures and he's like, yeah, but dad, those apples aren't real apples. Those are not real apples. <laughs>
1: it's like, I've been scammed. It wasn't even a snack. It was just the that. photo.
0: Anyway, um poor guy. So, per per your inquiry here on the age of some of these photos, I th- I feel some of these I've seen for years. I think like President Ballard, Elder Holland, Uckdorf, Cook, Rasband, Stevenson for sure have been riding on those ones for a while. I mean, ones like Stevenson hasn't even been around for so long, but and Elder Holland that's been Elder Holland's photo for a while, and that's definitely, definitely been, and they're that's they're been photo photos, for a very long So I'm time.
1: okay that they have it like. You know, they don't necessarily need to be updated. It's just a little bit goofy that some of them have and some of them have not.
0: Elder Christofferson's looks uh, newer. You can tell Elder Renlund's is newer because yes. the lighting is different and because he lo- he's, he's slimmed up quite a bit. And yeah. you can uh, tell that's the case there. What I'm also curious about, how do they decide, you know, which which shoulder they lead with? Who decide, who makes those decisions? Some of them are clearly left shoulder kind of forward. It's taken from that side profile, but then you switch over to Christopherson, he's in the other boat. Who? They've hired
1: the pro- LDS matchmaker to do an image consultation and they've worked they're, out which profile is their best side. They're all they're
0: all spending $6,000 only the, tw- the 12 is spending $72,000 a month. <gasps> on these consulting <laughs> services. Well, you
1: know, some of them can afford it. Hey-oh. Just kidding.
0: Like like Elder Stevenson? hey Moving on. <laughs> like last week's... Did you did you see that news last... Uh, the yeah, sister's talking about I it, saw. but I saw it on Yeah. I think it that was, was mostly just... That was interesting to me. It was mostly just... It's such an interesting interesting thing. I don't yeah, know. I, I, I
1: agree. There's been like a few little updates that have mostly just been like, why are members of the church surprised about this? Like there does need to be a level of you're self-sustainable I guess to be called into but yes then the argument is always then that's quite a bit. if I can I if so. I can since
0: since the sisters were on last week and I didn't get to talk about this okay great job let
1: me hear it. your spiel
0: only, only a little bit here, because I don't fault anyone. If you own, if you own, have a portfolio and it's going to benefit from an IPO or whatever else, that's that's fine. I do think it would be like no issue whatsoever if this was just stock he had. He had no involvement with it with ifit whatsoever and if they have an ipo and he benefits from it okay so be it Whoop do you do and i don't think there's a conflict of interest some people said that because i don't think they understand what conflict of interest is i don't think that there's like overlap between ifit's goals and the church's goals and how elder stevenson Correct. could somehow be compromised in his job as an apostle doing that work because he'd have some kind of conflict of interest unless it's like unless they're like trying to buy nothing but pelotons in the gym and he's like, whoa, 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 I know a guy. We can't do that. Like, what, what else is going to be the conflict of interest? Uh, but I do think it's a curious thing that they gave him an exception to it, because I don't know. I I'm curious to see how it benefits the church. There's been many who have said financially, of course, there'd be a tithing windfall from whatever he gets from an IPO. Fine. But but beyond that, like when President Benson or Elder Benson was called to be the Secretary of Agriculture in the Eisenhower administration while a member of the 12, and they let him do it. I think that made sense. It's like, oh, this shows the church is involved. We are respected. We have a member of our church leadership in a presidential cabinet. You know, this is this, it was good for the church's public image. I don't know. We're helping. I fit in a way because we're letting them have a founder be on their board of directors, which doesn't involve much for an IPO. I get it. Like it looks good to have a founder on your board when you're, and that's going to be like once a quarter, he goes to a meeting or something and that's it. Like that's Mm -hmm. all it's going to be. So I get why it benefits them. I just don't see the flip side of it of like what the value is from the, what the, I don't see what the church gets out of that at all. What, what's our boon in allowing elder Stevenson to serve on the board in that capacity. Um, and if anything, I feel like it does make it look a little bit like uh, what happened to all that, like, you know, leaving your nets kind of thing. Like, why, why is this still an issue? I think it just opens it up to weird criticism that isn't even necessarily founded, but it kind of just unnecessarily does that. Obviously, I'm not in the room. I don't think much of it personally. Like, really, he's just going to go do vote on a board every couple times a year to do some stuff whoop de do! I don't think it's going to really compromise his duties as an apostle or anything like that. But I just think it's kind of interesting optics above all else. So that's all.
1: Mm. yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to move on Yeah, no, that's move all good.
0: On. No, I was just going to move on real quick. That's a, that's all. We're just we're just we're just going to move on real quick. Okay, move on. I'm just going to just move on. <laughs>
1: Do, you, do you, I could give you my 10 cents on that, but I do feel like we had covered that topic last week, so I don't sure. want to dive into it too much, um, but I do want to dive into Bad Mormon Food Art, which is coming to an exhibit near you. Latter, Latter-day Saint food you, art. Latter-day, Latter-day
0: Saint food sorry, art. you wrote the headline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's internally, it's a lot quicker to write. Than that.
1: <laughs> okay. So, I have so
0: many keystrokes. Come on. <laughs>
1: There is an exhibit coming to the Utah Museum of Contemporary Art. um, And this is by, let's see, what's his name? Daniel George, who teaches at Utah Valley University. Um, My understanding is he is either a photographer or maybe it was. Hold on, let me get his title just right. Um, But essentially what he's done is looked at some Mormon, uh, not Mormon, sorry, Utah. (laughs) Wow. Utah like Relief Society kind of cookbooks or ward cookbooks and taken in some of those recipes and baked them or cooked them or assembled, whatever you want to call it. And then photographed them also with some backgrounds that might like seem a bit nostalgic or representative to um, members of the church, which really I'll be honest, I think the only one I really recognized as far as a background goes was his picture of the, are these BYU brownies? I don't know why they're BYU brownies. I think they they look like brownies with some, I don't know, a minty layer. Anyways, but it's got that. Oh, it's like, well,
0: people, people make brownies. It's a very BYU thing. You make brownies oh. and you put those Andes mint chocolates over the top. Oh, is that what they the are? Lobby. Okay. Yeah,
1: it's yeah, got yeah. a little white layer. There we yeah. go. It's All a, right. It's
0: a pale green. It's a pale green layer.
1: Is it? Okay. Well, apparently they're
0: delicious. So
1: you know, we've got no because lo-
0: brownies should not be frosted, folks. I will die on this hill. It's brownies true. You should kind never of feel be frosted. Like the ever. brownie
1: itself was probably enough. I don't know why they need the mints on top, but you know, maybe- because we
0: are Latter Day Saints and we overcompensate more more. Our, our lack of alcohol consumption by just piling it on. <laughs> we want eat a cookie and drink a soda at the same time. This is who we are as a people. Yeah, this, I've never understood society. that combo. Well see, and it's sugar and then sugar and maybe caffeine with the what sugar. It
1: happened with milk, but we're just not into the idea of maybe Okay, cookies and milk, no? no I like
0: the milk as our alternative. That's what about milk?
1: <laughs> I just feel like that's a very classic thing to do though. Like cookies and milk. Those go together. Not cookies and soda. Anyways, the background I don't think they're, they're not this...
0: dipping the cookie in uh, uh, the soda. You they're know not... what? maybe they are i I don't know that'd be awesome you don't
1: need to wash it down with a dr pepper whatever okay but the background of this has that like what is that textury wall thing called that we have in like some of those old some of our older church
0: buildings there yeah we love i call it burlap even though it's not really burlap yeah Yeah, carpet, carpet walls whatever they
1: is it carpet but even the better, perfect. it's got like a couple of like push pins in the background, which I'm like, oh, it was actually, this is the one background that did get me because I thought, oh, that is actually so accurate. Anyways, so um, this will be an exhibit coming soon. Obviously, there is jello. Obviously, there is uh, potato, uh, what's it called? Not potato salad, funeral potatoes. Sorry, guys, I do not know Utah food very well. Thank heaven! <laughs> um, but there was also some mention of um, uh, Daniel George being quite surprised by some of the things that people were putting into Jello. Which I mean, Amen. I hear you, but I had never heard of shrimp, bell peppers, or onions being in the mayo. This and is why
0: we can't have nice things. Yeah, this maybe
1: is. I'm curious if anyone ever has actually put shrimp in. Please, please write to Jeff. Or someone at Twim. I would love to hear. Does that combo work?
0: Twits. Twits, it, Joseph. Is, is twits
1: that better now. than cookies and soda? I would I like to know.
0: I don't Anyways, This is
1: why. This is your art. Is Go you and tell, engage.
0: This is why Utah lost the outdoor outdoor show at the convention no. center. It's things no. like this, people. You've got to. This is just. Okay, whatever. I'll just, all right. So, Jana Reese, it would not be this weekend, this show. This weekend, that's also Twits. This weekend, this, show, oh, I think I might have found it finally. This weekend, this show, it's perfect. So, <laughs> um, so Janice has an interesting article I liked about the quote, the battle lines around the word Mormon. We've danced around this a little bit already this week, right? And of course, it's been in the news for the past couple of weeks since General Conference. Um, I don't know. Her, her initial stuff is kind of funny, where she talks about her favorite podcast of a guy who just explains the history of the English language, and then pivots into saying, "I've listened for a hundred hours. I've never heard one, this on the podcast." Man, Leaders it was not time-
1: a pivot. It was like a hundred and eighty not- degree turn. I was like, "Shout This is not an intro."
0: Very unnecessary segue. Literally, <laughs> you could just lead off with the the was it the fourth paragraph? Just it's been more over just over three years since yeah. Russell M. Nelson, president of the church. Began on, on purging Mormon. I don't know what's going on with the intro, Janet. That's it's bizarre. But uh, anyway, obviously, Elder, Elder uh, Anderson spoke about this. She speaks a little bit, though, about why outsiders continue to use the word Mormon, even as we try to purge it and expunge it in every way possible. And she's got some reasons. She says mostly it's single. It's a, it's a single, short, convenient word that functions equally well as either a noun, like I'm a Mormon, or as an adjective, like she says, "delicious Mormon funeral potatoes" or "Mormon," you know, food art, like we just talked about. So that's why you see it in headline, headlines from major news outlets. She has some screen caps of, of recent news that use the word Mormon or Mormons or the Mormon Church, which we know that one is not not correct and unfair. Um, that's still happening. That's the thing now. Elder like Elder Anderson alleged that journalists, of course, that do this are being disrespectful or irresponsible. He kind of said that he said, you know, they want fair-minded media to honor the desire of our desire to be called by our name of nearly two hundred years. I mean, there's some fairness to that because every organization has a style guide for the press, and whether the press chooses to follow it is the press's business. And every organization can has is completely within its rights to encourage the press to adopt the terms by which that organization wishes to be known. It's its honestly very little different than what we've seen the past couple of years of all like the she, her, all that kind of stuff. Like how do you want to be addressed and do we respect someone or in this case an organization saying this is how I wish to be referred to and addressed, please respect that. That's what a style guide is. And it is kind of funny because we don't think much of that for people, you know, mm. if-, if I don't call you Jocelyn. You like to be called Josie, right? And that's fine. That's how you like to represent yourself. So it's not wrong for the church to want to do that by any stretch of the imagination. Um, But then she talks about where things have gone in the past few years. And we see spikes in Google uh, traffic searches, which aren't a perfect metric, but they're interesting. And uh, you see spikes when there's kind of negative news, like the shootings in Mexico or the leak about how much the church's um, fund was or murder among the Mormons coming out. But overall, searches for Mormon are going down. Unless you think this is because we're doing our job and Latter-day Saints or members of the Restored Church or something has gone up. Um, basically, all search terms related to the church have declined in the past little while. Um and that alone is an interesting thing I think that should make one take pause. She does note the caveat that Utah's doing fine. Utah is searching very well um <laughs> as far as the restored Church of Jesus Christ, and they're doing a good job there. But it should tell us that like Utahns are on board with the change, but the rest of the world is not, and if anything, we're apparently like we're like losing the s e o battle a little bit, which I think is kind of fascinating so that's that part of it. And I like that in the end, she talks a little bit about Shibboleth and long story short of Shibboleth was that there were uh, members of you know the house of Israel, right? You know, the Gileadites were fighting the Ephraimites in battle and the Ephraimites were trying to cross the river Jordan to safety, but the Gileadites were not, that wasn't enough for them just to let them go. They wanted to hunt every single Ephraimite down and kill them. So they made a checkpoint, and the password of the checkpoint was the word shibboleth Because of regional differences, Ephraimites could not pronounce the word correctly the same way others would. So they could easily find out who was an, who was an Ephraimite and kill them. Um, and her main point is, this wasn't like different groups. This wasn't um, you know this wasn't like Babylonians against the Jews. This was Jews against Jews, and we're probably seeing some of that in our own ranks today with individuals, you know, wondering like, are you, are you de-Mormoning well enough? Are you following the prophet? And, uh, I could see how this could become a wedge issue. I mean, anything could become a wedge issue. Of course, our, our desire to follow the council of leaders, anything could be a wedge issue if we decide we don't care about it. And the mainstream does, but I thought that was worth thinking about. And and it concerns me because I have seen that running this, this podcast, Uh, three years ago we started to get lots of messages not just asking us like hey are you guys going to change your name there's some of those but there were tons of just say like why aren't you following the prophet why aren't you listening to the church leaders just very direct no one asking how how we feel no one trying to understand anything but just simply saying assuming we are heretics and that's picked up again in the past few weeks which is interesting for me to observe primarily Uh, my quick response is while I think saying Mormons can have a bigger meaning, right? Like our church, the Brighamite church, concurrently wants to own all the term related to Mormon. And we have copyrights on the Book of Mormon, on this terminology. And we want to be able to litigate that. But we also want to own it so much that we can say, no one else, you can say, no one else can use the word Mormon. We are the Mormons, but also we're not the Mormons. Don't you dare call us that. Um <laughs> but But Mormonism can be bigger than that, right? Like, we can be talking, we could be talking about the community of Christ or the Bickertonites or the people who follow James Strang or whatever else it might be. Like, there's a, even though most of what we do on this show is overwhelmingly about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, absolutely it is. But some have said, like, well, if we kept the name as it is, um, that could make sense because it's talking about the bigger the bigger tent of the entire Latter Day Saint movement, like pre the succession crisis, right? Much bigger issue, and that in that sense, Mormons or Mormonism, in an academic context, is potentially applicable. I think that's fair reasoning but I don't think lay members of our church appreciate that nuance at all and I and I don't think you can reach them in that same way. I'm sorry I'm uh, I'm on the soapbox here a little bit Josie. No, but, it's um, interesting
1: because these are well, questions that I had wanted to ask you about which is the whole, you know, every time maybe a conference talk or this reminder pops up, you know, do you see a spike in your inbox yes. <laughs> telling you that you are not doing the right thing
0: which yes. i think
1: kind of Absolutely. proves a bit of janna's point which i i didn't i hadn't thought about it this way that maybe um this is just another issue to kind of like signal your obedience and it could be more of a it's wedge virtue signaling. Yeah, can, yeah. yeah yeah and it is i i also appreciate her point and it's similar to your point about like this is a bit tougher in the media space like You are going to drop as far as being easily recognizable, found all of your SEO, things like that. Like it is a, it is a big change to ask, but also like from my perspective, um, I do feel like a lot of larger publications are actually making an effort as I far think it's as this goes. A little bit. Yeah. yeah I like I maybe they still say Mormon in the headline, but that's literally because the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is never going to fit in anyone's headline. Like whether you're in print, definitely not, or it's just digital, it's oh no, it's just never it's actually just not going to fit. Most organizations that have a title that long accept the acronym. Um and that's okay that we're not but I do think that, it, you know, uh, expecting yeah. the publication to say it every single time could, I don't know. It, it, as she says, changing language could be, or maybe we need to think of this more as a process instead of an event. Um, which was the which same I, sort of comparison to mm-hmm. what was said in conference about the restoration being a process and an event. So that's where I think she got that line from. Um, but I, I'm look, maybe because we're both also in media, we can see we agree with this perspective. Um, whereas others may think like, no, you just jump on board. Um, but I I do think the name is, it's long and it's tricky and it's kind of clunky. And that's,
0: and that's hard. I mm. mean, I, I, I don't, I, I do think I agree with that. I think I've still seen change. I don't even know if Jana's giving it all. I don't think Jana's giving it completely a fair shake because I've seen more recent even headlines that are trying to, appreciate what the church is doing yeah i, so I have the- seen change there and it does take time i don't know yeah. to be immediate like as long it's mostly like if there's elder anderson's reminding us of this because if we are if we are consistent as a people in doing this and in presenting ourselves accordingly it's not going to be a flip of the switch. It'll take. It could take a generation, honestly. But if we're consistent in doing that slowly, those other that other terminology gets put to bed. It doesn't solve the headline problems related to. I mean, a typical headline should be like six or seven words, mm. tops. And you're getting you're the the Church of Jesus Christ of. I mean, you're like eight or nine <laughs> words just from the church name, let alone the verbs and the other things that have to be part of the headline. So it's a lot easier to say Mormon Church, LDS Church. It's not correct. But that's how it works in the world of headlines. You don't have unlimited space to get your point across to a reader. Um, I think the flip side of it, of course, is within Latter-day Saint media. It just refers to the church, with everyone having the understanding of this is, could be the only possible church we're talking about, right? If yeah, it's, correct. it's the church, it's our church. Every other church will be called the Catholic church, the Presbyterian church, the whatever else. But if it's the church, it's us. And we, we take that as a given.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah like I, do, I don't mind having the uh, the reminders because I think that the principle of you know we're focusing on or trying to remind ourselves to focus on Jesus Christ I'm like that worthy goal I'm okay with that but the taking it to the point of making this as another wedge or another like us versus them or you did it wrong I'm more righteous than you like none of that has any place in
0: well, what and, we're
1: actually
0: talking about. And it shouldn't be that way. And this is not to say it's not, it's even a, a incorrect effort, right? It's like there's there's many instances where doing the thing you should do is difficult and doesn't make sense on paper. Like all my arguments sure. about, about good copy and journalism and all that are, for lack of a better term, worldly arguments about writing. And so and those, have, those don't take anything into account into what the proper way is something should be. It kind of, this is less related, but I remember when they were building the Newport Beach Temple, And um, which was originally grayer, that light gray color. Because if if you've seen the Newport Beach Temple, it's like a salmon color. It looks kind of like California Mission style. So it works. Mm. But the original design was a lot more like probably the Sacramento Temple. You know, pseudo modern, taller, a bit grayer, all that. And then there were lots of concerns from neighbors and all the typical stuff. and They pared it down. But the first response the church made, I kid you not, in a meeting with civic leaders was, this is the way the Lord wants this temple to be. And like, that's True. But that's not an argument you can necessarily make to a civic body to get your way. And of course, eventually we still made some, we still made some compromises. And I see I see a few parallels here with with this same issue. A very different, very different thing. But uh, that's always stuck out to me when I remember hearing about that. It's like, guys, we can't explain this about the temple, and they're going to say, oh this is what this is what the lord oh, oh. you're arguing with i'm sorry They're they i'm here. sorry we didn't know i'm sorry <laughs> please proceed as you want like it just doesn't you know you gotta you gotta know your audience too, so. <laughs> anyway
1: well i'm gonna jump over to some international news really quick we have a oh, few okay. <laughs> so good Okay, so a new position has been added to the church organization in Europe that will expand the leadership roles for women in the region. Six women have been called to a particular region of Europe as advisors to area organizations. Um, mm-hmm. They will participate in leadership councils and advise congregational leaders um, in their roles. And the Preston England Temple Moroni has been replaced after it was struck I saw by that. lightning. Um which damaged its uh gold leaf little outer layer. And it's funny they didn't
0: just get like get rid of it altogether given the current climate with that. Maybe they you know? weren't
1: too sure what else to put on the top.
0: Well, nothing. That's what it that's how it is now. You just have a little spire with, with nothing. Oh,
1: just a spire with nothing? I thought they were kind of maybe scrapping the spire
0: and Moroni. I, I see like the, the Chorley temple. Actually that's um, true. There are still we can, still have you the spires. Can, you could easily see that if they did not have the Moroni, it would look it would be fine. Maybe but
1: the people in Preston are very attached to having that Moroni there, so we got a new one, and he's all gold and shiny again. There we go. Um, and for some service news, the there's some youth in Queensland, Australia, who assembled a thousand portable solar lights to send to children in Vanuatu who are impacted by energy poverty. So these lights That's were. Awesome published or not published sorry excuse me purchased by latter-day saint charities from an australian organization and they assembled those and have shipped them over and then the church in micronesia is also helping out by donating some sewing machines to a local organization that will teach young women um life skills and economic pathways through um Yeah, through that skill. And then last one is that the MTC in Mexico City is finally being able to resume face-to-face training I think is we,
0: to we need <laughs> Yeah,
1: we need as much positive like post COVID life kind of news possible. So that's great. I think that they had a couple of local missionaries who were able to fly in um, to Mexico City and then quite a few internationals who were able to join. So that's it says, uh fifty one
0: fifty one missionaries is what they're starting with. Yeah. Right now. Look,
1: I'm sure trying to learn a new language for those international mm-hmm. missionaries. As well, it's got to be a much better experience in person um, than trying to do that over the computer. Yeah. And curiously,
0: so, here it's uh, it's six Latino missionaries and 45 North American missionaries mm-hmm. who were received at the uh, the MTC there in Mexico City. Um, sorry, I'm just reading this. No, you're good. No, oh, that's great. Good for them. We got good for them. Stuff. So that's, that's good That's our for
1: main international news. We also have, I'm going to jump through these really quick. We have a lot of. Mesa, Arizona temple news because the open house has just started. I think, um, I should know because are you going to
0: fly back for
1: it? Oh no, because there are, there are so many hoops to try and jump through to try and get back to, um, uh, to try and get into Singapore at the moment. My parents are currently going through that, trying to see if they can actually come over for their grandchild and it is not an easy process. Let's just say that. But as far as the temple goes, so we had some um, high-profile people who came out to visit the Mesa Temple. Um, oh, geez. Oh, geez. Shall we raise an eyebrow to that? Uh, no. So we have the governor, um, Governor Ducey, who came and visited, and I think toured with Elder Rasband. founder of
0: Cold Stone Creamery. Everybody, is he? You're welcome. Oh, no, that's, that's is he great. really? Yeah, he was riding a serious wave there in the late 90s early 2000s. And then he I am assuming gosh,
1: like, I worked at Coldstone about- for like 3 years. That was that was me as a teenager funding all of my college pretty much was Coldstone Creamery. Also ate quite a significant amount of it at the same time. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That's
0: that is my understanding. I believe that is uh, that is what Wow, he did. I did American not business. know that. He was the CEO of Coldstone Creamery. Because they're based in Scottsdale, that's where that—that's yes. that brilliant idea. Of, here's what I'm going to do: I'm going to take your ice cream, and then I'm going to get some spatulas and put it on some cold granite, and just like Mix mess it. around with it, which yeah. you've probably done more than you've ever cared to remember.
1: I actually quite, as far as jobs go, that you can do as a teenager, I actually quite liked the ice cream gig. Not going to lie, so maybe <laughs> just because I also got quite a lot of ice cream, so I have no complaints. Um, we also had some. Uh, as Jeff would like to call pseudo celebrities who showed up, including a previous contestant from The Bachelor. Hooray. Uh, yeah. It's coming back again. Ari. Again.
0: Ari Luyendik.
1: No, that is not the last name. Try yeah, that again. Is it? Ari
0: L- Luyendik. I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> I know his. I remember, I've watched this season of The Bachelor. <laughs> I remember everything. I'm serious. I remember this. Can I pause for a second and talk about this? Yes. About Ari. Okay, this has been covered in LDS Living. It's also been covered in Deseret News. We're making a big deal about the fact that a former contestant on a reality show, one of which I know plenty of Latter-day Saint women watch, even though at the same time it can it's it's hate watching when you watch The Bachelor. That's the kind of program it is. You watch it cuz it's ridiculous. At the same time it it uh, does it fill you with joy and the spirit? I mean, no. It's it's wildly antithetical to a lot of what we believe in as Latter-day Saints. That's not to say you can't enjoy other things that do this. It's not like watching Grey's Anatomy also doesn't have content that is antithetical to our beliefs as members of the church. But I mean, The Bachelor is just drunk women and fighting and contrived situations and all kinds of stuff. It's not like it's prestige television by any stretch of the imagination. So there's that side of it. I think it's weird for us to be going out of our way to be excited that a an also-ran from The Bachelor went to the temple with his wife. Now, if you remember the season, by the way, he proposed to Becca in the end, and then, in the follow ups later on, he wound up dumping her because he was still in love with the other one that he dumped initially for the finale, the one he said no to. He actually thought he made a mistake and he married Lauren in the end instead. he dumped Becca and he married Lauren and now they have kids and stuff, so I guess you know bully for them, but um. Wow, I just don't know why we uh, of there's other people who are like you know worth noting a bit. Michaela Skinner, really cool Olympic story.
1: Yeah, I appreciated seeing her in the picture uh, much more. Not gonna lie, but that is also because I have zero connection to or affinity for The Bachelor
0: personally. And some songwriter named Evie Saint Clair, who I don't I don't know,
1: wasn't familiar with, but you know what? Probably Mm -hmm. worth a little search on Spotify. Evie
0: Saint Clair. Hevi Saint Clair. She was on America's Got Talent. That is how, okay, I believe she is known. Um, so this is this is all well and good. Uh, the Bachelor one just kind of baffles me. I guess he must have come through, and they're like, "Oh, guys, look who's here! Look who's here!" You might as here. well get a good picture of him. And since see, I don't know about- if it
1: was even that. I think it was just he probably posted on Instagram, and they just snagged that photo. I don't know if oh. they necessarily know that there were. Hopefully, there were not any like deseret news reporters who were like oh my gosh look who's here
0: that actually might be let's see deseret news covered it deseret news gave it like an entire oh they gave it such
1: a spiel and i loved that some of the comments were also like us kind of being like why why is this a thing we're interested in
0: um people people even said like this is an ironic mixture of lust for connection to the rich famous (laughs) and popular
1: does the Bachelor make you rich? I don't know that. That's really no. Nope. I'm I'm not thinking so. How, it's like a mixture ex- of maybe you get a relationship along with public shaming. It doesn't. I love this sound that Nice.
0: How exciting! Did they visit any place else? Mesa has a real good taco stand not far from the temple. <laughs> did they go there as well? Like what else did they do?
1: I'm really. Curious. Can we get um, a. Yeah, day by day, hour by hour itinerary, please.
0: No, um, um, Josie, real quick. I, I don't want to. I can be done with this in a second. Since we've talked a lot about properly representing the church, all that kind of stuff, we, we've mentioned it on this week. I'm curious if we have editorial license to correct quotes from individuals who say it the wrong way. Like, for example, his quote was, "I've always been curious," and they put brackets about the temple. So it was such an amazing experience to walk through and get more understanding of the LDS faith. Very nice sentiment. My question is, they're already using brackets for whatever he said. He didn't say the word about. They filled that in to make the sentence make more sense. Why are we not bracketing out LDS or Mormon and changing it so it says like I'm to walk through and get more understanding of the bracket, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the faith of the church? Why aren't we doing that? If we think if we're pushing everyone to get rid of stuff, is it okay to use the brackets and get the same quote across, or at the very least, put some brackets and put S-I-C, like just say you misspelled this. <laughs> you nah. said LDS and that's a misspelling. I, I Because think this we don't want words, to
1: be right? the uptight Mormons. <laughs> we don't want to be so passive aggressive. But if we're trying to push this, this is... out
0: there, church-owned outlets have a responsibility sure. to not to publish incorrect terminology, even though LDS living is owned by the church and hasn't changed his name and that's a whole other thing but they still have a responsibility
1: there is more damage to, to be done by us as a people being like meh, you spelled my name wrong <laughs> let's just let it go no. you know what he didn't call us the no, catholic this is the church so or you know he at least, he got the religion pretty well accurate so the,
0: the lds faith last time i checked <sighs> it was the restored gospel of I mean, the lds faith i think that's disrespectful i think he is not a fair-minded member of the media this ari ludenik Ladanik.
1: i'm sure <laughs> the, the name his, his name his itself i mean what is he going to quote you now, and also put little brackets around the way that you have mispronounced? I
0: feel like this is what we should start. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway, anything else on the Mesa Temple?
1: Uh, just that President Oaks also published an op-ed in the Arizona Republic. It was pretty basic, just inviting everyone to come and see the temple. So if you're in the area, go for it. If you can get a little slot or a ticket.
0: All right, a couple quick tickets. mentions, folks. A couple quick mentions before I'm going to dive into our last story. Mm. Uh, for one, LDS Living was nice enough to publish an article about 24 photos, and according according to the URL though, it says 25 rare photos. So something has changed since they published this. So it used to be 25 rare photos, but now it's 24 photos, not necessarily rare, everyday photos, things you just stumble across, you know, just with no effort whatsoever. 24 photos of President Ballard that will make you love him even more this is part of their ongoing photos of so-and-so that will make you love him or her even more which i love because i it's fine i like the one of him as a young missionary in england i feel like the people he's standing with look like mobsters and i think that's a great <laughs> look for him <laughs> the
1: hats yes oh, the, um, it's such a fluff piece but they're really well, sticking to are, this column
0: like... aren't they He's golfing with some friends who, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, folks, if you look at the one, are you looking at it right now, Josie? No. Hold on. Uh, if you look at up. golfing with friends, I'm 85% sure the second from the right is Mitt Romney. I am very, in looking at that photo, I mean, that's Mitt Romney, right?
1: Did we label this golfing with friends in high places?
0: It just says President Ballard golfing with friends. That's-
1: Second what? Oh, wow. You're right.
0: Yeah. Not even a mention of the Mitt. Maybe, yeah. I think that's the Mitt Romney. I think that,
1: also uh, a stellar selection of hats once again and po- polka dot polos.
0: I don't know. He's doing great things. He's doing great. anyways. Nice photos. I I love him even more, and that's what I'm happy. That's that's what they promised, and that's what I feel. Also <laughs> worth noting, President Nelson. Has announced more temples than any other president of the church, which is something that's all you need to know. He's announced he has announced eighty-three temples. He's eclipsed President Hinckley. We talked about that before conference. If he only announced like six, he would pass President Hinckley in the number of temples announced. Uh, he has done so eighty-three temples, and he's done it in three and a half years. So a lot's gone down for the past uh, past little while ever since uh, ever since President Nelson took the reins. No surprises here. We've kind of become used to it. I don't know if we're ever going to slow down on that front. I'll be curious. I'm not in any rush or hurry for President Nelson to pass on, but I am curious whenever there's a change in administration, if this same very big zeal to get temples going will continue or if it will be sort of a a hallmark of the Nelson presidency and other things will get focus with other people, which you know can obviously easily be the thing. Uh, Also, Elder Rasband wrote an op-ed in The Hill. About religious freedom because he like, really is, is likes- Is that it?
1: Is that all you're going to say?
0: <laughs> real, Elder Rasband really likes speaking about religious freedom. He talks about the importance of faith, how obviously no amount of government programs or big business or anything like that is going to replace the importance and the value of faith and faith communities and the families built around faith communities. Uh, which is great. And he even makes the economic case for it, that religion annually contributes nearly $1.2 trillion of socioeconomic value to the U.S. economy, for example. So
1: so my one thought on faith that, is crucial. if I can uh, be a little contrarian, just for a second, would be that um, while I agree with that idea in theory, that I also worry, or do you think that um, faith groups just as much as governments as well could be like discriminatory to groups that maybe need that support and help. But maybe if we're not in that community, you're not as aware of those needs, like by the nature of a community kind of coming together and supporting each other, you need to know what those needs are. Um, And like Utah is pretty good about this. Like we have high um, social mobility, like that's a thing that does actually happen, but are we able to really spread that influence that we have as a church and as a faith community to other parts of the U S we don't seem to be doing that. Maybe not quite as well or as effectively. So I guess my thought was that it would be nice if we could see more of a balance of like perhaps being okay with some government programs that are maybe could kind of fill those gaps that we are not seeing or filling as a church. Um, but also that, I think that they're just, I guess what I'm feeling, what I, what I was thinking while reading it was that there's probably more needs than us as a church is able to meet. But is, it, is this like is this no, little tra- tiny violin music? It's like, traumatic. what is us? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay, I'll get off this soapbox. But you spoke forever about the name of the church. Oh, now so, it's forever. Yes, it was, it
0: was. I'm interested in what you're saying, Jeff, and now it's forever.
1: <laughs> I just thought it was a, it was an interesting op-ed. That's all. Shall we leave it, is, it at it's that?
0: Pretty. We'll link it, it is. there. It's
1: worth checking out,
0: folks. We're going to leave you this week with my favorite article of the week, published by one Danielle B. Wagner of once again. LDS Living, also known as Latter-day Saint Living. Uh, the, the title, What the Church Has Said About Halloween. Um. Well, it appears the church has said very little. Daniel's research points us to the fact that the church hasn't said much. In the church's handbook, it states that decorations for ward parties or holiday celebrations should be approved by the state president and cannot be used in the chapel or on the exterior of the building. These restrictions only broadly, not specifically, address Halloween and focus on how the holiday can be celebrated at ward, branch, or stake level, not for individual members. Okay, have prophets and apostles said much? No, not really. I mean, it's uh, this is the the thing here is this is what it says. So after saying what prophets and apostles have said about Halloween, you ask. No, it says, while well, church leaders have not addressed Halloween in particular, they have addressed some satanic practices associated with this time of year. To be clear, Halloween is was derived from a pagan holiday. Pagan and satanic aren't the same thing, for one. Let's be clear about that. And I don't know that Halloween is inherently satanic. I, I'm all ears if you want to talk about how Halloween can be a weird excuse to embrace things that are off-putting or macabre or gory or wrong or an excuse to slut it up with the way you want to appear anything you like right (laughs) like Halloween can be a lot of different things and i I, i'd be happy to have those discussions (laughs) it could could also be satanic if if you wanted it to be but for some reason the article pivots very quickly into then quoting church leaders about satanic things like devil worship, sorcery, casting spells, witchcraft, voodooism, black magic, and all other forms of demonism, which should be avoided like the plague. And that was a quote. That was part of a quote from President James E. Faust. Uh, A little bit of it from from a long time ago. um, I thought that was... That almost made me think of Harry Potter, too. I know we're not against Harry Potter as a faith, but if you're going off against casting spells and sorcery... We're very close to the evangelicals who are anti-Potter, folks. We got to be careful with that. So anyways, then it says, where does that leave us when it comes to trick-or-treating, dressing up for parties, or ward trunk-or-treats? Well, the family proclamation counsels that successful marriages and families are established and maintained on principles of prayer, forgiveness, respect, love, compassion. Couldn't those activities also include holiday holiday traditions you share with your family? And basically, it's like, is Halloween a good, wholesome time for your family? Then it's cool. I don't have any statements from church leaders specifically about Halloween, but let's look into Satanism, just for good measure. And that is how f- someone told Danielle to write this article. And I I think that person should be fired.
1: You know what? I think it was the and commenters is- because she does mention how this time of year they inevitably will get some people commenting about how members of the church should not celebrate Halloween. Uh, that to me was actually probably the most interesting takeaway from this. I thought, really? <laughs> like, is this, is this genuinely something people are concerned about? Is this the hill we want to die on? It's really important. Halloween? <laughs> uh, this, this I don't know. Halloween.
0: Halloween.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, don't if you're very, it, you? very concerned, you could take more of maybe a day of the dead approach and you could do some family history work. And then that could, you know, I mean you you could look back at your ancestry and the people who have passed on and appreciate them.
0: Now it's funny you mentioned Day of the Dead, but doesn't Day of the Dead have like inappropriate spiritual connotations Ugh, look. For, for how for how <laughs> you celebrate Day of the Dead? <laughs> Wouldn't that be embracing false doctrine if you celebrate Day of the Dead to its full I've seen Coco, Josie. I know what happens. Oh, so you know everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, look, I was trying to give people an alternative to maybe, <laughs> maybe go into some family history work, and they could pivot if that's really what they want to do. Um, I personally think there's nothing wrong with halloween i I don't hot, know hot that, take from Josie folks. yeah, I don't really know that there are many people who do, but you know what they make themselves known in the comments, and that's obviously where we should be getting our hard solid data yes. is from the people who comment.
0: Well, you know what? This has been a fascinating week. We've gone the whole episode without talking about COVID or anything related to it. So, props to everyone. We had one teeny no. tiny
1: little mention about the Mexico City um mtc opening it up but you know what that was a positive thing and i feel pretty yeah, good yeah, yeah. about having lasted about an hour without complaining about covid
0: which no covid no vaccine talk either we did very well very I'm well on this so episode, proud so. of us
1: instead Thank we had a lot well. more mentions of the bachelor so use that to your ceo advantage
0: stupid stupid Ari or seo not ceo <laughs> that's right i'm gonna i'm gonna ride this train <laughs> come on ride the train and ride it. So everybody, this show is over. Josie, thank you for being here. It's nice to see thank you again. I you hope I hope me. we will see you at some point soon. But uh obviously until then, we all wish you very, very well with safe birthing and rearing and all those fun things, uh, which are gonna have, which is gonna be great. We're really excited for you. Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: My feet are currently the size of um swollen flippers from sitting at this desk, so I apparently have to go try and stick them up and over my head and get that to drain. So that's my fun day for the rest. For no, this is, where I
0: sh- this is where I show how I'm really good at empathy. I'm really sorry that's affecting you. Jersey. Oh, I appreciate that, that Jeff. That You're sucks.
1: such a good support. That this sucks. Is what it's going to be okay, though. You,
0: you take care of you. You're going to be all right. <laughs> going to be all right. Even though it's my fault your feet are that way, apparently, by making you sit here <laughs> for an hour. Cheers, so,
1: Jeff. At least you know cheers. when to accept the blame.
0: <laughs> Folks, please support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Mormons. I love all you folks who hop on there. It's super nice of you. Uh, this show is is not free to produce. So thank you for helping make it possible. Uh, and obviously we keep our ads to a minimum, as you know. So seriously, that makes a huge difference. If you want to go to patreon.com slash thisweekinmormons and pledge $3 or so a month, that would be super, super awesome. And you will have my absolute huge thanks to each and every one of you for doing that. I will send you a personalized note. Um, telling you just how much you mean to me on a personal level. Also, of course, uh, go to thisweekinmormons.com where you can see the notes from this episode, the links to the articles we've discussed. And you can also find links to our social media platforms where we encourage you to like, follow, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And if you have not written a review for this show in a while, wherever you get podcasts, we hope you'll do so. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, smash that subscribe button wherever you are. Please do that. Then you'll always get this in your inbox near the beginning of every single week. So Thank you for the housekeeping, and thank you for spending time with us, each and every one. For Josie, I'm Jeff. This has been this week, and what did I, This week in this show, this week in Mormon? that was I it. Don't know what it. That was it. Anyway, it's whatever it is on a given week. I think so. I'm just, I'm just gonna stop saying what the show is. I'll just start the show every week and be like, hi, everybody. So, so <laughs> with that spirit, thank you for taking the time to tune into this program, and we'll talk to you later.
1: It's over!